This is the Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast today has Blaine Kylo. We're talking about video games. We're talking about a lightsaber that actually works and a new Twitter engineering hub in Toronto. Are you okay with being naked? That was an oops on a Zoom call. And the members of parliament had a whole new definition of members of parliament. It's on the Shift Daily Podcast. And Kyle Wyatt, our guest on the Shift, he's the voice of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! He joins the Shift to share the story about how that one line completely jump-started his career and changed everything in his life forever. It's all here on the Shift Daily Podcast. Technological world with Blaine Kylo is here on the shift. We were talking about the favorite throwback video games, maybe the most impactful video game of all time on your life. And uh, the text messages have been coming in. Mark says the first great arcade game was Wonder Boy, which I think would be a great nickname for Ryan O'Donnell. Um, wow, thank you. <laughs> little rocket shoes. Um, yeah, so Blaine Kylo, uh, what's the what's the video game that changed your life? Um, I play a lot of video games, and so the thing that is most impactful kind of changes. Um, and I have a clear, you know, there's the old video games like the Donkey Kong days and earlier mm -hmm. than that, but really the video game that got me writing about video games. Um, in the past 15 years was Halo. And I still remember, and anytime I play Halo, I'm actually playing it with both of my kids um, in co-op. Anytime I play that game and I come down and th th there's the image as you're seeing the Halo for the first time, and it's this massive thing in space, this big ring, and it's just, so chilling and so effective and there's that monk music that oh sounds yeah, music is amazing that come with it and so it's halo for me it will always be halo the original halo was the reason why i bought my xbox so i understand i feel like i understand that how are you doing and, Blake, and Kylo? Th th there's that the, and that's and that is why xbox is what it is today is because of halo that's why Microsoft even has a console because they bought Bungie and they turned that game into the reason to buy an Xbox. Yes, yeah, I'm so doing cool. fine, thank you. <laughs> this is very good. Um, welcome back to the program. It's great to hear your voice. And uh, first, can we just take a moment and mourn the end of the ski season for you? I was up on Sunday, you know, and all the hills out here in Vancouver are like, well, we could, we've got enough snow. I mean, they were getting snow last week um, that they could conceivably stay open. But when Whistler closed down, all the other hills are like, nah, maybe we should just close when we plan to. So yeah, 
That's okay. There's lots of other things to do. And it, uh, it's super hot here in the lower mainland right now. It's like 24 degrees. So we feel like we're into summer now. That's um, might as well move along. And uh, some great snow in the mountains, though, if you do go blink Kylo, not only the video game fan, but also uh, just a, a great dad and uh, skiing dad, which is kind of cool. Okay, Blainer, where do we go? here on the uh, on the shift tonight with technological world how about jobs yeah let's talk about what twitter's up to um there was a round table with canadian media last week when twitter canada revealed that the toronto office is the home of a new engineering hub that twitter is building out so they've got a whole bunch of those positions that are already posted online. So software engineers um, in Canada who don't mind relocating to Toronto, I think that everybody's work from home remote right now, but that won't always be the case, I don't think. Um, Paul Burns, who runs Twitter Canada, said that Toronto was selected because of the density and diversity of talent in the sort of southwest Ontario area. Um, and some of that work that they're going to be doing, those engineers, will impact at least peripherally some of the new things that Twitter's doing. You know, we've got Twitter spaces, the audio conversations that you can do on Twitter now. Um, you might be seeing topics showing up in your timeline. So if there are particular subject areas that you're interested in or issues, you can click on those topics and the algorithms will feed you more tweets on those topics that maybe you didn't, uh, from people that maybe you didn't know. And there are upcoming Twitter features like communities where you can actually create groups and, and join groups and the super follows where Twitter users can charge followers for special content. Those things are not in play yet, but they were announced at 2021 analyst day and you should expect to see them soon. Some pretty cool tech and you know, so on companies have done really well in Canada from Corel to Nortel to Blackberry to, um, you know, Shopify. So it's, it's kind of cool to see Canada getting a little technology. I, I think that's exciting. Yeah. It, it, there's lots going on here and there's lots of, I mean, Microsoft has got huge shops across the country in, in Ontario. Um, and there's a couple of different offices here in the Vancouver area. Um, the Kitchener-Waterloo area is massive. Um, Google's got lots of engineering um, offices throughout Canada. Um, Amazon's got all kinds of stuff. So yeah, there are smart people here and there are people who don't want to go to the States to work or can't get into the States to work, but they can get into Canada and work here. And so there's lots of companies that are perfectly content to set up operations in Canada and have people work from here. Blaine Kylo is solocore.com, S-O-L-O-C-O-R-P-S.com, at solocore on the socials as well. Uh, I wish I could have a lightsaber in my car, because if ever you were going to have a road rage incident, seems like a pretty wicked thing to pull out to scare people, chop off a mirror or something. Is it a real thing we can do now? It may be a real thing. Um, Last Thursday, uh, Disneyland has got, they've got this new Avengers campus at Disneyland in California. And so there was a media briefing happening and Josh DeMauro, who runs Disney parks at the end of the little presentation that he did, um, 
now I only get this third hand from the internets, but apparently he pulled this lightsaber out of a box and it was a real like lightsaber. So it wasn't like a long stick that kind of glowed with an LED light from inside. It actually extended and then glowed the way you would expect a lightsaber to glow. Um, now the internet's pointing out that this is not beyond the realm of possibility. Disney actually filed a patent for exactly this back in 2018. And while there is no visual evidence that this lightsaber exists, um, it's quite likely that there's something going on and we're just going to have to wait until May 4th to learn more and maybe get that video evidence that we crave. What a perfect Star day. Wars day, just in case it wasn't obvious. Yeah, it is the perfect day to release all the things. Okay. Um, COVID has taught us a lot of lessons here about things we didn't pay attention to. It did teach us, for example, that humans are quite disgusting and we don't wash our hands enough. Uh, there's some technology tracking other things to help us in regards to this too. What do you got? Yeah, this is an interesting initiative by Kinsa, which is a public health company there and, and a smart thermometer company. Um, and they are being supported by Lysol in Canada to bring a program that will have more than 100 different elementary schools across the country, most of them in Alberta, BC and Ontario. Um, and families in these schools are going to get one of these smart thermometers at home. And the idea is, is that you take the temperature of your kid every day because kids can be sick without actually knowing that they're sick. We know this with COVID. There's lots of kids that are asymptomatic. So they're carriers of COVID, but they themselves don't feel sick. And often kids will have a fever, but no other symptoms of being sick. And so, and, and, and they're not, they don't even realize that they've got a fever. So you can actually use thermometer checks to see, and this is why some businesses and airlines, if you want to go into those, they're doing temperature checks on people because you might have a fever and not even realize it. These smart thermometers, then you can actually, um, the, the information links to your smartphone app. So it will give you information about here's what's happening. It will prompt you to try and identify any other symptoms and then give you advice on maybe what you should do. You know, your kid should stay home. You should go see a doctor. But that information is also sent anonymously to the school. So public health officials can actually see trends. So if all of grade three is staying home or are showing fevers, you might be able to figure out that there is an outbreak about to happen and you can make some decisions because of those trends to try and nip it in the bud, as it were. Seems like something from a movie. Good morning, Mr. Kylo. Your temperature is warm this morning. Your temperature is warm this morning. Yeah, your so temperature what? is warm, right? Like, I mean, that sounds like something out of a movie. But you please sit down. That uh, that you would hear like some sort of Brad Pitt spaceship thing. So, I think it's fun. I mean, if it makes things and makes us less sick, why not give her? Uh, I think we learned yeah. that lesson in the last year. It's 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 all about collecting information and being able to trace. And I think that one of the important things is the information that's sent to the the school. It's anonymized, so um, people don't have to worry that they are giving information about their kids or their personal information um, to anybody. 
Assassin's Creed winning some awards. Let's get the clip. Wolf howling and fierce. And then a figure. A gray beard in a cloak. With a single eye. He bid me follow him. All right, tell us about uh, Valhalla and uh, what they're up to, because it looks like good stuff. Yeah, that was actor Cecily Stenspil, who is a Danish actor and was um, cast to play Ivor, the female version of Ivor in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. In that game, um, like with so many of the uh, Ubisoft games, you get choose the the sex of your character, male or female. And Cicely won best performance for her role as the female version of Ivor in the Canadian Game Awards that were handed out on Friday. Um, Ubisoft Montreal picked up five awards for Valhalla, including best PC game, best console game, game of the year, and one for uh, Stenspill for her performance. Um, Some other interesting things, um, Thunder Lotus Games in Montreal, an indie studio, won for Best Art Direction and Best Soundtrack and Best Indie Game for their clever, delightful Spiritfarer. Um, Vancouver Studio Blackbird Interactive won Best Game Design for Hardspace Shipbreaker. And Star Wars Squadrons, which was made by Motive Studios in Montreal, um, won Best Audio Design and Best Virtual Reality or Augmented Reality Game. I still haven't played Squadrons in a VR headset, but I can imagine it's amazing. 877-399-9898. couple of text messages came in about this, Blaine. And uh, one says, I've never played Halo. If anybody wants to go at perfect dark split screen on N64, you're going down. So I don't know if you want to take that challenge or not. Perfect Dark's getting a remake, too, by the way. Pay oh, see, there you go. Inside information right there. And another text comes in and says, um, Hey, uh, Roy from Aurelia, question, is that Blaine singing the intro song for Technological World? It kind of sounds like him. Oh, I'm much more bassy than that. <laughs> the Technological World? That song, by the that is actually a song. It came out in 1981. It's by Patrick Cowley, and it's the tech no logical world. Um, so it actually is a song from the 80s. Solocore.com at Solocore, S-O-L-O-C-O-R-P-S.com. Blainer, coming up here uh, in the shift, we, our throwback Thursday is going back to an epic game that was released in 1992 with a secret guest later on the shift. So you might want to stick around and find out what's happening. It's pretty exciting stuff. I got to pay attention. Nice. Thanks for being here, buddy. It's great to see you. Talk to you next week. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with France? Eh, oui, oui. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say yes. I, I really want to go to France one day mostly to see like all the historical landmarks um but i really want to smoke a cigarette in paris i don't like cigarettes at all but i feel like it would be really fun to do sit on a patio in paris yes have some yeah okay well i, I for Fine me it's the line. war 
the war stuff, right? Like I'd like to go to all yeah. the landing things and, and all those, those pieces where Canadians had such a big impact for me. That would be a big piece of going to France. And I love the French language. Um, so do you, I feel like you should do this one on Are You Okay? You up for it? You want to do it? You want me to? Yeah, I can do it. Absolutely. I think you want, cause I yeah. think you should, cause I think it's, it, it, okay. it this is a good one for you, cause it, I know the story. Good. So yeah. Well, and it's, a, right. it's, you got to do it right for this one. Okay. Let me just, uh, I'm not, I don't do a very good French accent, so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll keep it, I'll keep it real. You could do a French pirate. (laughs) Might be too much. Well, so yes, are you okay with France? Brendan, are you okay with France? I like the idea of France. I've never been, so I can't say. Um, I would drink wine um, at sunset while looking at the Eiffel Tower. Not that you haven't thought about it. That sounds great, right? Well... Unfortunately, for some residents in France, life can really be a beach for residents of beach France. Facebook restored the official community page for Bitch France after an algorithm mistakenly banned the town for profanity an entire month ago. So just to clarify, this town's name is spelled B-I-T-C-H-E. It slapped the community with a ban on March 19th, which was uh, appears to be a case of mistaken identity. Uh, the town's name closely resembles, you know, an English word for a female dog, although it has an extra E at the end. Uh, Facebook told The Guardian that the page was removed due to an incorrect analysis. Okay. Uh, Beach is actually, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it properly. <laughs> it's it's a community... It's- of of five thousand people, and uh, mm-hmm. they call themselves the Beachois. This is actually a crazy. You talk about war uh, history. This town is very important. There's a citadel in the center of the town, and when it was liberated, uh, the Americans that helped liberate the town called themselves the Sons of Bitch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So this is a really important town throughout all of France's history. So it's kind of ridiculous this happened to them. So their mayor, Benoit Kiefer, wrote that the most astonishing thing is that it took Facebook so long to fix this. And, uh, you know, this must be frustrating. You live there. It's mispronounced. It's misunderstood. Well, it doesn't just happen in France. It happens Mm. everywhere. Because when it comes to mispronounced or misunderstood towns, it's very common, apparently and surprisingly, in Tennessee. Here's a TikTok from user Young Chloe. Thing about Tennessee is that for some reason nobody knows how to pronounce shit. So we got a bunch of cities up here that are just pronounced wrong. You'd think this would be Milan, like you know the city in Italy. No, it's Milan. Milan. Oh, you know, like the country, Lebanon. No. It's goddamn Lebanon. Oh, you know, Lafayette. Nope, that's not right. It's Lafayette. You might think this is pronounced Santa Fe. No, it's Santa Fe. Oh, Cairo, like Egypt. No, apparently it's Cairo. I thought this was Selena. No, it's Salina. I worry about this place. That's <laughs> funny. Cairo, Lebanon. I love that. <laughs> there, I've always found it funny because in Calgary, there is a neighborhood called Dalhousie. And there is, of course, the Dalhousie University, right? Which is not in Calgary. And then, but then when you go to Niagara, there is Port Dalhousie, which is not pronounced Dalhousie. No. How's it pronounced, Brendan? Port Dalhousie. And then when you're a local, 
you don't pronounce it like that. It's all one word, and it runs together. It's Portaluzzi. Portaluzzi. What? <laughs> yeah, so in Cal- when I went, because I moved from Calgary to Niagara at one point for radio, and uh, I was like, oh, Port Dalhousie. And they're like, no, that's Portaluzzi. I'm like, what are you talking about, Portaluzzi? And they're like, no, it's it's Port Dalhousie. There was an ice cream shop on the corner there that was amazing. I don't know if it's still there or not. It's been a few years since I've been there. I there used think to be the, car- um, the, the carousels down there. The carousels down there. The ice cream shop, I believe, is in the controversial district that they want to replace with condos. Well, and that that's been an ongoing thing forever with condos there. And I know some of it was coming down. I DJed at a place there called the co- My Cottage, which was like this giant. It was like a small little pub, like a hundred people, and there was like two thousand people in the patio. But do you know who's from Portaluzzi? Like a couple blocks away from that. Who grew up there? No, who? Neil Pert. Yeah, well, Lakeside ah. Park. Lakeside Park. Lakeside Park. There you go. It's right there. Portaluzzi. Portaluzzi, the song. So there you go. There's a little name pronunciation info for you from the kid who grew up in Stoner Creek there. St. Catharines, not Stoner Creek. <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> when I lived there, Stony Creek's there, and someone kept stealing the Y off the sign and painting an R, and then they would come back and they would fix it and put a Y back on, and then they would take it off and they would paint the R and keep turning it to Stoner Creek. It was been, an ongoing thing. It's been going on for years. For years. It's a lovely thing. All right. Anyway, um, are you Okay. Are you okay with your birthday suit? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's mine. <laughs> I don't often enjoy being completely in it. I like a nice robe, you know? I like oh, to be, nice. you know, wear something comfy. Yeah. Then but we it's might be mine, asking the so wrong I'll question here. We might be asking the wrong question here. We might have okay. to be saying, you know, are you okay with my birthday suit? Might be the actual question here. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, but no. <laughs> no, I'm I'm still I'm still too new uh to I don't <laughs> I'm still too new. No, we're not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. Am I. <laughs> it's not new. Oh my god. Trust me, there's nothing that's gonna make that one okay. So here's what happened. We've heard stories of things going wrong with cameras at home. Well, how about this birthday suit? One liberal MP seems to be very okay with his. William Amos, who has represented the Quebec riding of Pontiac since 2015, appeared on the screens of his fellow members of Parliament completely naked Wednesday. However, it was an unfortunate error He told Global News later in the day, my video was accidentally turned on, accidentally, as I was changing into my work clothes after going for a jog. I sincerely apologize to my colleagues in the House of Commons for this unintentional distraction. Obviously, it was an honest mistake and it won't happen again, Amos said. A screenshot obtained by the Canadian press, because someone took a picture. (laughs) Bet you it wasn't a liberal, just saying. Um, shows him standing between the Quebec and Canadian flags. His member of parliament was hidden and appears to be in his office. Bloc Quebecois MP uh, Claude Debefoy. Did I get that right? Debelfoy? Debefoy? I, I, I think so. It's a long De, last name. Debelfoy. 
Debo yeah, Foy. Yeah. Foy. It's Foy. It's got to be. Anyway, my apologies if I got that wrong. Please let me know how to pronounce it properly if you do know. Uh, the party whip raised an ins- uh, incident in a point of order after question period, suggesting that parliamentary decorum requires male MPs to wear a jacket and tie and a shirt and underwear and, <laughs> <laughs> and trousers. Oh, my God. Just do the thing. As you know, since the beginning of the pandemic, we have tried to emphasize the importance of uh, respecting quorum, the dress code here in the House, and I think uh, that this today we have beaten, we've uh, set a new record. We've seen a member during question period uh, improperly dressed, that is uh, unclothed. So perhaps remind uh, the members, especially the male members, that uh, suits and ties are uh, appropriate, or or rather called for. And uh, we have seen that the member was in very good shape, but I think that uh, this member should be uh, reminded of what is appropriate and to control his camera. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to uh, thank the honorable member for her observation. I missed that, but uh, as she was speaking, I spoke with the technicians, and indeed, they did see something. Um, he's in good shape. That's <laughs> trying to give a compliment. <laughs> he's looking good. See, but if you turn, I see, I struggle with that because if you flapped that around, and if it was, because uh, that was uh, my understanding is that was a female translation to from a female comment. And if you turned that around, and if it was a woman who accidentally ended up naked on the camera. And the comment was there about obviously in shape. We would be having a different conversation today, right? So just for the sake of calling it out, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, and I'm not going to overblow anything that's like, you know, let's make a big deal out of nothing. But just I'm saying, look, if we're going to talk about these things as being for real, that that's a real thing. That I mean, that's a real thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. I- it doesn't get solved by that. It gets solved by turn off your camera when you're walking around with your parliamentary member hanging out. <laughs> I think you know it's it's fun you have to bring it up address it but I hope this guy doesn't lose his job for it it, no. it seems like it was an honest accident he apologized for it and he he may have a long career in politics but the unfortunate thing is he will be forever remembered as the yep. guy who had his MP hanging out during a Zoom meeting during a pandemic <laughs> so weird <laughs> Use, oh never mind I can't the jokes are just endless here the male members of parliament wearing trousers. <sighs> At least she complimented him. I mean, I, I would say that it was a nice compliment, right? When she said he was, in, was clearly in shape. Well done. Good work. High five. Good for you. <sighs> Are you okay? Are you okay with popcorn salad? No. You. Uh, if by pop, wait, actually, if by popcorn salad, you mean taking popcorn, putting M&Ms, gummy worms and other candy inside of it and eating it like that, I'm okay with that. Yeah. What's in the salad? I want to know. I want to know more. Well, I, uh, there are, I'm, I have to let you know that I am a popcorn purist. I did try Chicago mix once, which is pretty amazing. I will give that credit. But there's a Food Network video where a woman named Molly Yeh makes what she calls an iconic Midwestern dish. It's a salad, Brendan. It's made with veggies, 
and mayo, because, you know, most salads have mayo. And you guessed it, popcorn. Uh, the recipe has set the Internet on fire, I think, for all the wrong reasons. Here's one of my favorite broadcasters of all time. If I could meet anybody, it's this lady. It's Jeannie Moss. It was a recipe that had folks popping off, calling it everything from a crime to a monstrosity. I am making my snap pea and popcorn salad. Popcorn and salad, two words rarely tossed together. Even its roots were in dispute. On an iconic Midwestern dish. Midwestern? I'm from Kansas, we ain't never ate nothing like this. <laughs> the Food Network's Molly Ye whipped the internet into a frenzy with her mayonnaise, sour cream, and Dijon mustard dressing, plus veggies ranging from carrots to snap peas, and then the crowning ingredient, popcorn topped with white cheddar powder. The texture of the popcorn in this salad is so weirdly good. Viral video star Kaylin Allen's offended taste buds were reflected in his body language. Ooh, it is gooey gooey, baby. I rebuke it. As one revolted viewer tweeted, I did not live through a global pandemic just to be met with popcorn salad on the other side. <laughs> no. That's uh, CNN's Jeannie Most, by the way, and she's my favorite of all the people. It's great. Um, so, Brendan, now you know what's in it. What's the result? Yeah, no, I'm not sold at all. That uh, okay. sounds like a mess. A writer at BuzzFeed did try it out. Um, okay. She tried out the, the recipe, and she claims it is disgusting. The mayo made the popcorn so soggy. Really? Shocker. There's a spoiler alert. Overall, it was fairly sweet, but not in a good way. And I hated the random crunch of veggies mixed into all that sweet mush. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Nope, not okay. I mean, I can't. I have a hard time even with dill pickle sprinkles, right? Like on the popcorn. Yeah. If it's uh, not butter, salt, or butter and salt, I got to tell you, I can't do it. I get judged a lot for liking Colonel's cheesy dill popcorn. It's like yeah, one of see. my favorite snacks. I get a lot of judgment for that. Well, you probably should. But I would never, if I go to a movie theater, I would never put dill seasoning on top of the popcorn. It has oh, to just be butter. But if I go to Colonel's, I'll get that. But never a salad. Why? Mayo? Why? That's where you lose me. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Usually along any recipe, when you get to mayo, you lose me. Although I did know a guy who used to eat mayo sandwiches. So, Okay, are you okay? We have time for one more. Are you okay with Mick Jagger? No trick question. Yeah, he's, he's had a long career and a great career. Maybe not now. I'm not okay. Well, I mean, he's fine. <laughs> he's yeah, fine. I mean, he's a legend. I But I, you know, I'm not. I, I, my knees don't shake and I don't scream at the top of my lungs when I hear that there's a new Mick single or or a new Stones album. But I, mm. I love the Stones. But yeah. Paint it black, man. One of the best ones ever. Okay, so um, Rolling Stones frontman Mick Jagger dropped a new single on Tuesday and it has a theme to it. It's called Easy Sleazy. It is a giant F to the pandemic. 
McJagger comments on being bored, sad, cooped up inside. Now, he subscribed to some pretty amazing musical help. Dave Grohl, who does everything, is on the drums, the bass, guitar, and the track, too. Despite the fact that he's older my dad and se- older than my father in 77, Mick Jagger has been dealing with pretty normal quarantine problems. Uh, the lyrics refer to him learning TikTok dances, lamenting fake football fan noise, and running out of clean clothing. Drink oh it, clean the kitchen sink. It sounds like the I, Sex Pistols or something. It, like he's caught yeah. up with 1977. It's a little it's bit bad, of a nice actually. throwback. I think that's kind of fun. I think it is interesting that he's 77 and so rich that he's just learning how to cook, clean the kitchen sink, and he doesn't have enough clean clothes. Uh, maybe because his butler can't come in. I suppose. Um, he ironically says Bill Gates is in my bloodstream. <laughs> oh oh boy you're opening up a can of worms there yeah he really is um and he's been obviously surfing the internet and facebook wouldn't that be funny if you had a friend request for mick jagger the rolling stones in 2020 um a year ago actually released their first original music in about eight years the single living in a ghost town so there you go but that's what boredom does for when you get that phone call okay uh hi dave yeah it's mick Hey, Mick, what's up? Nothing. Bored. You? Nothing. Just having a drink, cleaning the sink. Ooh, that rhymes. Want to make a song? Cool. Let's do it. Ta-da. Autobiography. Or no. Biography. (laughs) Of the song. It's the Shift Podcast. And now for something completely different. Yes! Time for something completely different for you here on The Shift. Kyle Wyatt is the guy who voiced the Mortal Kombat call. I recall going to the pub at Red Deer College and there was one video game outside the door. That video game, full-size old school video game was Mortal Kombat. There's a one piece, what is it? I'll ask the audience right now. What is the one piece of Mortal Kombat that everybody knows? It would be the yelling of Mortal Kombat. Well, it turns out there is sort of two lines on that Mortal Kombat. One is the song, and then one is the commercial, the marketing, the sounds, and everything else that was done for that. Kyle Wyatt, at the time, was an actor. I don't know if he is. We'll find out shortly because he's here with us. Kyle Wyatt is the guy who voiced it and yelled it out and did it all. And I have so many questions. Um, so long ago, Kyle, thanks for being with us here on the shift. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. So you're in Texas. You were an actor at the time. 
you got a job yelling Mortal Kombat. Did you even know what you were in for with that? And that was probably going to be something you were talking about 35 years later? (laughs) No idea. No idea, man. It was one of my first gigs. I had just moved to uh, New York and uh, I got the uh, call from my agent and she, they sent over the sides, uh, which are direction to uh, what we're going to be doing and how we would be dressed and what would be going on. And I studied that over and said, yeah, I could do this. Basically, it was just running around, you know, yelling, you know, and just kind of be part of a riot or whatever. Well, we got downtown uh, in New York, uh, Wall Street area. And we started doing our, we were putting groups and we were sitting around the corner. We, their cameraman would be following us. Some, you know, some would be stationary, some would follow us. And then eventually they had a boom camera crane that was in the middle of the wall street area. And we were running and we were yelling and all that. And I remember the the director, he says, Hey, could you come here for a second? And I was thinking, Oh, okay, cool. Did I do something wrong? You know? And uh, he came over there and he says, Hey, I want to center you out on something here. And, and when all these guys start to run, whatever, I, I want you to run into this spot here and people are going to break away. And I want you to yell the words mortal combat. Well, I said, okay. So I went to position one and they called for action. And I came around the corner and I yelled mortal combat. You know, just something, I guess, you didn't know how to do it, you know. <laughs> so he says, back to one, you know, put a little bit more energy into it. I came back, you know, uh, and did Mortal Kombat, you know, with another inflection. And he's like, no, 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 no. a very actor thing to do. Right, right, right. Because I was doing voice voice work as well. So you kind of try to put the sinking and the tonality in different areas. And so he said, come here. He pulled me real close and he said, I want you to get hit in the gut with all the problems of the entire world. And I want you to focus in on those two words, mortal combat. Sent me back to the position, one, called action, came around. And I remember I only had to do it one time and I yelled, Mortal Kombat. And I think we did, he just said, keep going. And, ah, you know, <laughs> so that was the one I think that he ended up, he ended up liking and taking. So, and, and, you know, the second part of your question, I had no idea what I was in for. When I went down there, I thought it was for, a cartoon or a TV show or uh, a comic, you know, the introduction of a comic book, you know, audio story or, or whatever. Uh, Never knew it was a game, you know, until I was told later on. (laughs) Not only a game though, Kyle, like it was a game of a generation. It, 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 it sparked its own fan base and they are so much more alive today than they have ever had been. Really? Yeah. So do you get to go to, do you go to the Comic-Con things and all those, those pieces? Have you been to any of those to see and just show up and stand at a Mortal Kombat display and go, Hey, that guy's pretty cool. That guy who voiced that, eh? Like you could do that. And nobody would know. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, I haven't ever been to one. My wife has always tried to drag me to places like that. I mean, we've dressed up and we've gone to openings of movies, you know, and we're able to get in free and, and do that stuff. But uh, with my SAG card, I was always able to go in and watch movies for free, you know. But uh, she she uh, <laughs> she's 17 years younger than me. So she's a little bit more giddy about the Mortal Kombat crowd than I was. <laughs> she's excited. Oh, yeah. Well, so how old were you when you did, uh, speaking of age then, how old were you when you did this? Because you must have been 25-ish. No, it was early 20s. Um, yeah, it was oh. early, early 20s. You look back at that commercial, that that TV commercial, and look at that that handsome young man and go, hey, where did that guy go? I mean, you look handsome now with a beard, but he looks well, so young you. and naive in that commercial. It's it's. it's thank cool. you. I was about to I was about to flip that and say wine gets better with age, and I think I look a whole heck of a lot better now. <laughs> oh, I didn't say you look better then. I just said you look younger. <laughs> oh, <gotcha. laughs> and I'll be clear. Before we got started here, we we're talking about beards because Kyle has a big beard, and his is you know brown and luscious with some tiny little sparkles of gray. And uh, me being slightly younger with a uh, with a full on white beard, so you got me beat on all angles there. I love it. I love it, bro. So did you did you continue with this? I mean, here you are. You're the guy who does Mortal Kombat in all of. And just to be clear, the Lords of Acid song is different. You did the Mortal Kombat for all the marketing in the game and and the community stuff. Is that is that the how it all broke down? Yeah, and then I heard uh, I got word that. Uh, uh, Lords of Acid had created a group. Uh, both of those guys had created a group. I think it was called Immortals. And uh, what I heard was they ended up using My Cry in their song. And they had three different tonality levels where they were pitching up and down and using certain ones. Uh, and so I didn't really think anything of that either. I mean, uh for your listeners out there, when you go in and do a gig and you're, ver you're starting out for the very first time, um, this was a one-time buyout, you know, and I really didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, now I hear, uh, I hear so many people saying, you know, dude, did you get royalties off of that? Man, I wish you could reach out to somebody. I'm like, man, that's just the price you pay, I guess, unless, somebody really wants to spark something up and try to see if I can get royalties. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's possible. Did you do much voice acting and acting after that? How did, did it lead on to more things or did you just sort of move on with life and that was it? Oh no, no, no. I, I, I moved to New York uh, with the specific, uh, specific purpose of becoming an actor. I left everything behind. I left my condo in Longview, Texas. I grew up in Longview, Texas. I grew up right down the street from Matthew McConaughey. We were friends. We went to school together. Nice. Played out, you know, in Maxi Acres. Um, and I also grew up in Longview with Neil McCoy, the country, country uh, singer. Mm -hmm. I got some stories on both these guys. Yeah, uh, I like to hear those. <laughs> grew, up, grew up with Rodney Carrington. I was at Longview High School and he was over at Pine Tree, so we were rivals. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> but you know what? Something about Rodney. Uh, he would, we would go to these, these woods parties big woods, you know, and it'd be a big campfire and he'd bring his guitar and he'd come out there and sing and we would just be drinking beer and whatever. We really thought that he was going to go in for a, a singing career uh, until one night, I think it was at mom's biker bar. They discovered him and he shot off. 
Um, also, Forrest Whitaker's mother was my elementary teacher. No way. I love that guy. It's almost like the six degrees of Kyle Wyatt. But isn't that interesting that uh, such a little pocket of pocket of people, you know, inspired to do really great things all in one spot, all in one generation? Um, Absolutely. Do you th- I mean, you're, you're a faithful person. So is that a, is that a, a kismet? Uh, you know, God's gift, or is that a uh, that just a coincidence? I don't know if I believe in coincidence. Well, I don't either. I I, I grew up to know that uh, uh, it's it's called uncommon favor, uh, and if you are living your life right and you are blessing others around you, then you end up finding that uncommon favor wherever you go. And I've always been, I've always had a giving heart. I mean, you could have the shirt off my back. I don't care. You know, I've never seen a hearse with a luggage rack on it, you know, or pulling a U-Haul. Right. So, um, but you know what I did? I did finally, uh, I mean, I'm, I moved there when I, when I left the condo, I called my friends and family and said, take anything and everything with this condo has got to be cleaned in two days and then just turn the key to the guy next door. That's who I was renting from. I mean, I, I packed what I could carry on a plane. Seriously. I mean, I left everything there. Ficus trees, bedding, beds, toiletries, uh, everything. And I took two bags with me, moved to New York. I lived on a subway for three days until I found a place to live. Wow. Yeah. I had transit cops kicking me, waking me up because I couldn't sleep on the train. So I found a way to get in the corner, very back corner, prop myself up with a couple of newspapers. I would fold in to hold up like I was reading the newspaper in the corner. So I could get some sleep, but you know, that's to me, I've always been a go-getter, a fighter. I've never quit. And that was, you know, for me taking a huge bite out of that apple called New York, Hmm. you know, how, yeah, no kidding. I mean, and owning it too, right? Like nothing's going to get in my way. Nothing's going to stop me. Absolutely, I'm going to do this. So then how long did, uh, did any other work come specifically from Mortal Kombat and how long did you continue with the acting dream before you went back home again to Texas? I lived in New York for six and a half years nice. and really hit it hard there. Uh, one of the, it was either the one or the first or second or third gig that I got when I was there, the Mortal Kombat gig. Uh, but I also did uh, Arista Records uh, when they were introducing Whitney Houston. I remember filming that in the park. Um, I ended up doing Carlito's Way with Al Pacino and Penelope Ann Miller. Um, started doing some, what's that? It's a big movie. Oh yeah. Started doing some voiceover work, uh, cartoons, um, and then just really got in a very bad spot, got into the drug scene and, uh, started spiraling down. And with my dad being a pastor and also being the military man, uh, I always heard the scripture that he, that he said to me train up a child in the way that he should be. When he becomes a man, he won't depart from it. And I think that that's what kept me grounded. Uh, so I didn't go out and do something really crazy and go out and end my life. And I mean, I had those times where it was really dark, but uh, ended up getting back to uh, Texas and um, things were kind of settling down. I was kind of getting myself cleaned up, you know, and um and then got involved with an agency in, in, in Texas and started doing commercials again, voiceover work. Uh, I've got a studio built now. 
Nice. Um, do you remember any of the monster truck rally commercials back in the eighties? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that big voice. I, yeah, I mean, how many times has that been mocked? We used to, I mean, whenever there was a, some sort of big truck event or car sales, people have been mocking that voice forever. Yeah. I did a little bit of that work back in the eighties. Nice. Yeah. That's the original yeah. big voice yelly guy. Like monster, monster church here at Hirsch Memorial Coliseum, where you'll see Bigfoot battle Goliath. There you'll also see the fire breathing dragon. Be there, be there, be there. I love it. That's, I mean, that's exactly what has been sort of duplicated for so many commercials since then. I, Oh yeah. That's cool. I, I love it. So let me ask you this then. Do you, do you have kids now or? I do. Yeah. I've so one of the things that I've kids. taken and what you said in that piece of scripture there that I really sort of hit me and the way that I've always sort of phrased it is, you know, we don't need to teach kids how to be kids because they already got that part figured out. Um, we just need to teach them how to be responsible adults. And at the same time, if we're really, really careful and we're really, really, really attentive, it's possible those kids will teach us how to be kids. Absolutely. And there's a lot of value in that. Is is that sort of where you come to? It is. It is because life? I I believe that children are angels and they have all the secrets to the world. And we end up pushing our values and we stifle their growth physically and spiritually, I believe, if we don't listen closely, you know, and let them be expressive, let them be artistic, let them be who they are you know, and just nurture that we are, you know, God gives us the, uh, the right to shepherd when those kids come to us, he deems us worthy and says, Hey, here you go. Here's, here's one of my little angels. I trust you, Mm. you know, and the world will say, no, I hear a different story. Here's your baby. Good luck. Yeah. that is kind of how it feels actually when you have a baby and they send you home on the first day like when you have a driver's license you have to go through a test but when you have a baby they're like okay see you later and i often say the scariest night of your life is your first night home with a child because you get there and you're like now what now what right (laughs) like dude go get a job like what do you like what do you do absolutely absolutely but the kids the kids the kids really get excited you know i mean this laid dormant for years until the fans really started bringing the life into it and breathing into it. And want to give a good shout out to my buddy, Rod Kim, at RV, uh, RKVC, his YouTube channel. He's the one that reached out to me when I was out in California a couple of years ago and said, man, want to do an interview with you and, and, and find out this whole story and everything like that. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so it put everything on hiatus. And so I think recently he just, he just reached out and we finished that interview after a year and a half of planning or whatever. Yeah. Well, here we are today. Uh, You speak of children as angels and yet uh, you have this heavy hand in shaping the lives of so many young people. And the irony does not escape me that Mm -hmm. this is the place you live in today, uh, your foundation and your core. And yet when you look at, uh, you know, how many young people have been affected into their adulthood and the people that we have uh, that are listening right now that are similar to our ages, you know, um, I'm late 40s, you're early 50s. And, and and that whole generation is shaped by something you did. So the irony does not escape me, Kyle Wyatt. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. It's it's a it's a neat thing. Um, they have a, pl- a platform called Cameo. 
And they reached out to me and asked me to be a part of that platform where I can give personal shout outs, birthdays, anniversaries, uh, divorce, breakups, <laughs> happy moments, sad moments, <laughs> angry moments. Yeah, could, you know. could apply to all those. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's really taken off for me. It's just, you know, the fan base. I mean, I had one of the one guy reach out to me and said, dude, I grew up with your voice, man. I put it on a cassette recorder and played it over and over and over. And, and in part of my cameo was like people today don't even know what a cassette recorder is. Right. You know, I love it. But the cassette recorder is what saved our lives back in the day when we were dating, man. We couldn't wait for the guy to stop talking on the radio so we could court the song. Oh, and, and how much did it <laughs> make you mad when he spoke over the intro? Right. Right. They as did guy, that just for that purpose. Just for that purpose. I, as a guy who worked music radio for 20 years, I can tell you that, that was one of our favorite parts of our job that used to drive everybody else crazy. But we <laughs> so loved you it. You did. You're admitting to it. <laughs> uh, Kyle Wyatt is the voice of the Mortal Kombat. Um, can you humor us and uh, and hit us up with a little bit of a Mortal Kombat, or is it going to wake up your neighbors? Oh no, we just built a nice custom home here and I'm uh I'm uh secluded back in my bedroom. <clears throat> I've got to get, I've got to prepare for this. <clears throat> Let's take a big drink of water too. Probably yeah, moisturize. <laughs> Normally the colder it is, I can get a better cry. Okay, guys. Here's going to be your tag into it. Mortal Kombat 30 years later. Tell me if I still got it. Mortal Kombat! I love it. Kyle Wyatt, uh, in the commercial, you, you, uh, it's great. And, you know, I think the story of, uh, of all of it is equally as powerful as the impact of that one moment, that one opportunity, the, the lightning striking, if you will, of, of change. And, Absolutely. you know, with the, the faithful side, we, we don't hesitate to talk about feelings on this show, Kyle is I would like to uh, just offer to the audience, sometimes you just got to be present and do what you do. And that butterfly effect, if you will, that ripple of water across the pond can last for decades and decades, if not generations. So uh, don't underestimate the power of you. And I, I right now very much feel the power of Kyle Wyatt. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I am a firm believer and I have this. This is one of my quotes that I came up with 20 years ago. Uh, once you believe in yourself 100%, then you actually give others around you the right to believe in you as well. I'm a firm believer in speaking things out loud. I'm a firm believer that this mind up here does exactly what the mouth tells it to do. If you go around negative, negative, negative Nancy all the time and negative Karen all the time and negative Bob all the time and negative Frank all the time, no offense to any of those people named those names, but if you do that, your, your mindset is going to be a dark cloud. So even if you don't feel the energy to get up, get up, look yourself in the mirror, allow your ears to hear the words that are coming out of your mouth because you are a creator. You are creating sound. Look in the mirror and say, you are an awesome person. You're going to do good today. You're going to make people laugh. You're going to make them smile. You will touch one life today, you know, and when, before we even started the call, I, you know, you said, how do you, you know, how are you doing? I said, I woke up on the right side of the dirt. The other part of that, that I tell folks is I have one more chance to do today 
what I didn't do for God's kingdom yesterday. So I'm blessed to be alive, brother. And something like this that happened 29 years ago, to it for it to spark up and to touch people's lives. I mean, to actually know who it was and to be able to, to talk to the guy that, that did the cry and, and get cameos and whatever. The spirits of these people are so lifted up, you know, and I, I didn't think at that time, 29 years ago, I would be doing it, you know, touching people's lives today like I am now because of that cry. But, you know, just to have the opportunity one more day to do it again. I give God the glory on that. Kyle Wyatt, thank you for sharing it. It's beautiful. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.